Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for January 31st of 2016. I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm Cameron Walsh. And we are recording almost 30 minutes after the conclusion of the NHL All-Star Game. Uh, the NHL, whether accidentally or not, hit it out of the park. It was one of the best All-Star weekends that I can remember. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of people will feel the same way from the skills competition and all the, the creative uh, breakaways that specifically Subban and, and Burns put on. And then the quality of play in the three-on-three was great. And then the um, obviously all the John Scott stuff was perfect. So, yeah. Now, first question. Did John Scott score? Twice. Hey, because I don't even get to see the game. So it's like, okay, excellent. And a, um, a legitimate two goals. They weren't um, like a lot of people thought they'd just be forcing the puck to him all the time. And I just don't uh, I don't think that's how it played out. He, he scored um, kind of a net front goal and then scored on a breakaway high glove. It was a nice shot. Nice um, work. So, um John Scott, championship captain, all-star game, MVP. So Really? Yeah. Yeah, nice. he, won the, he won the MVP. Um, the whole the whole thing was kind of like a movie script for him. And uh, the crowd was excellent, uh, chanting his name throughout the game. And he was having a, a great time. So it, it really worked out perfect, even though the NHL tried their best to not have any of it happen at all well so. it's not, it's, it's, that's the thing it's not just the nhl because i totally agree with that but it's also it's the stiff white old dudes in the media that were all up in arms against it they're usually the guys that are complaining that the all-star game shouldn't be played well when someone finally goes who wants to be there and the crowd gets behind him they're still not happy it's like he is an all-star the fans voted him in that's the system that happened that's the way it is. You can agree or disagree with it, but it's it's just one of those things where I'm glad he went. I'm glad that the the crowd, not that I thought the crowd would sort of go against him, were right behind him and, and got right into it. He scored two goals. And, I mean, there's a very good chance he won't play another game in the NHL, you know. Yeah, that's the interesting dynamic of all this. But the fans voted him in. I think that's yeah. totally the point of, listen, this weekend should be strictly about the fun, kids. fun and entertainment, and this weekend had that in spades, and it was a great weekend. And yeah, he's not, you know, an all-star in the sense that, you know, he's not very offensively gifted and all that stuff. But fans wanted it. Uh, I don't think they should do away with the vote uh, because let's be honest: did anybody care that Leo Komarov was at the All-Star game? Fans no, didn't vote him in. <laughs> so it's like that's the problem when you've got the gotta have one from every team rule. Like that's the issue you've got right there. And why not send Kadri? Yeah, that's actually a really, really, really good point. I have no idea. Each team should have a fan vote for their representative. If you know, if, if your team is forced to have one, the fans should pick that that one too. So you can kind of avoid that kind of stuff, but oh well. You can't do much about it. And before I forget, yep. John Scott also laid out Patrick Kane. 
in the all-star nice game. Yeah. Job. Uh it wasn't like a vicious Jesus. bump, but he put him on his his rear end and went in on a, a glorious scoring chance but didn't score. The sequence after Kane scored and then dropped the gloves with John Scott in a playful banter kind of thing, which was uh, nice. kind of funny. That's good. Like that's look, it's one of those things where you, you see people around the place complaining um, that the game's not as good as it was when they were kids. Well, you're an adult now. This game's always about the kids and trying to hook them into their, you know, their stars and, and make them want to be like them and get give them more access, more person personality. Because hockey players are close to the most boring athletes out there in regards to the way maybe they publicly, but I don't think. Privately. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree with that. But the, this is the only time, sort of, in the NHL environment, that you see them let their hair down and show any form of personality. I agree. Uh, from from what I hear, they can certainly uh, enjoy themselves. So yeah, well, that's the league in a nutshell. That uh, we're, we're going to block shots. We're going to play defense, defense, defense. Don't give up anything. Like you've always said, be risk averse. It's no. It's not surprising that it's probably frowned upon for them to actually have personality. Oh, I just think it's stupid for trying to push the league, but you know that's a conversation for a different day, really. But um, the the tournament was really cool. Uh, you had Atlantic versus Metro, and I thought Barry Trotz did something cool with with the line combinations. He let uh, Malkin and Latang Penguins play together, and their the third wheel on that line was Brandon Saad, who's the Pittsburgh native. And oh, cool! They uh, they did quite well. I think Malkin had uh, <laughs> kind of nerdy, but someone posted the possession stats, and Malkin was at seventy eight percent with a a nice spinorama goal thrown in there for good measure. So, uh, all right, okay, I'm going to put it to you this way: there is no way in hell anyone should be recording the possession stats for that game. That's just well, it's automated. It's the NHL is. You know, I'll treating it, it like a real game. I'll rephrase it. No one should be looking their numbers up. Uh, that was funny. That's just Jesus Christ, guys. But it sounds as though it sounds as though that went really well. Look, I got to see bits and pieces of the day before with the skills competition. Um, love the two San Jose Shark kids getting out there on the ice. Um, that kid. He's a lot like his dad from the looks of it. <laughs> that wasn't um, scripted. He celebrate the celebration. Yeah, his, yeah. Uh, his dad said that was not part of the plan. <laughs> that was uh, his son going off the him. script. <laughs> it was really funny. It was all him. That's awesome. And then and then you've got PK Subban um, doing Jeremy Agar, and it's like that was pretty fucking cool to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you know. He won the the competition. I, I don't think too many people are like too worried about who actually wins that. Just want to be entertained. I think that's a really tough event if you're a player in it because there's a thin line between some of those things being cringeworthy and being really awesome. And I think everybody in that event this year was on the awesome side of it, and that's not. That's not easy to do. It doesn't take much to get it slightly wrong, though, does it? It really doesn't take much at all. Like, when you're doing stuff like Matt Duchesne was, which is incredible puck skill stuff, it's tough because 
it's not easy to control the puck like that and you can easily lose it and there's lots of people watching and um that's why i kind of like the uh the more of the humor ones it's harder to screw those up true uh, yeah actually that's that's a good point but um yeah the flying v of course is was pretty awesome and then <laughs> the the star wars video that showed the progression of brent burns physical appearance and then having him with Chewbacca uh, mask was was pretty outstanding so that's great uh, the Yager thing was really awesome because um, Dana Hines the Pittsburgh equipment trainer his staff was uh, selected to help out Nashville's and, and he was the one that actually tracked down the Jofa helmet which apparently wasn't that easy to do but I was gonna say that they're well out of production and uh you know, you had to have the Jofa if you're going to impersonate Yager from back in the day. Doesn't work otherwise, yeah. So, I mean, just the, the skills competition in general is usually a good event. It's usually the highlight of the NHL All-Star Weekend, and it may still have been this time around, even with the, the really good All-Star game action. But... Um, I just like those events. The accuracy shooting's fun. Malkin uh, going three for three and then trying to pump the crowd up and then ringing it off the crossbar was really good. Uh, fastest skater, Dylan Larkin, sets a new record. And, you know, I always my favorite one is always the, the shootout competition where they just go yep. shooter after shooter after shooter. And, uh, you know, going give, to give Gino Malkin some more credit. And round one, he was the only player to score, and he scored twice. All players on both teams did not score other than him. thought that was a yeah, uh, yeah. nice showing. Sounds about right. So Gino, Gino had a good weekend. But it's considering the – I hate to sort of use this term, but considering the controversy leading into the goddamn event, um, it was good that it – it was good that it – went well like it didn't didn't go tragically like you know scott tripped over hit someone and busted an ankle or a knee because he fell on top of them funny or anything like that so um i'm glad it went well i, I mean it was a nice way for Batman to come in and say oh, i'll just stay here till 2022 as well it sort of snuck in there so it, it's all it's all trending for a, it's pretty i'm not a fan of the all-star game because it sort of stops everyone's flow for the year, but I think it still works, if that makes any sense. Nah, those players that don't go really probably cherish that that break. Oh, well, Ovi and, and, and um, Taves show exactly how important that break is. Yeah. Who knows what they're nursing, though. I, I thought Latang could have used the time off. I agree. Oh, you can't blame him for going, but you, you also you get there and go... Well, you know, if you've got a sore wrist, it wouldn't be bad to just sit it and rest it. So, who knows how it works. Well, I thought giving the, the winning team a million dollars certainly helped the cause. Aside from obviously changing it from five-on-five to three-on-three, three, I thought um, the three-on-three three was great. The players were, you know, they weren't going balls out, but they were they were playing hard enough. Uh, I mean, the final game was only one nothing, three on three for twenty minutes, one nothing in an All Star game. They started to try at the end because the Mills on the line, didn't they? 
Well, there were some pretty great saves too. Some posts mixed in. They even even a coach's challenge that disallowed a goal. <laughs> there was legit goaltender interference. Taylor Hall bumped into Bishop as Corey Perry scored, and uh, I think the celebrity coach called the uh, <laughs> the challenge. Uh, okay, so I saw a little bits of the game, right? Who the hell are the celebrity coaches? Is yeah, he... I don't know. Who were matter. they? Doesn't matter. Don't know. No, no, that's just who? <laughs> exactly. Although the one guy was part of James Neal's breakaway competition. He he jumped on the ice and did a two on oh with Neal and scored. He actually lifted the puck into the net. It was um Nice work. It was good. So a successful event, I think we could say. Yeah, that was. I had a lot of fun. I know last week on the podcast I said, "Yeah, of course I'll, I'll watch the All Star Game." I always have it on as as background noise. Yep. Um, it wasn't background noise. I was legitimately watching it on the on the forefront. Um. And last night, um, skills was front and center too. So this has been a. Really good two days of hockey, a lot of fun. Got to see a lot of skill, something that you just don't see in a lot of the normal action in the NHL regular season or in the playoffs at times. So this was all uh, a really refreshing thing to see. It's good. So the changes worked. NHL, don't go fuck it up and change things up next year. You got something good here. Um, yeah. Keep the vote. Uh. No, that vote's gone, dude. You know that vote's toast. Really, though? I mean, the way it worked out, the NHL couldn't have fallen backwards into a better situation for something that they were so privately and then accidentally publicly against. I... It's... I, I just... I don't know. I don't... I agree with you they should keep it, but it's like, what do you do if you're the NHL? Do you get there and only give... Um, a list of players that they can select from because they don't want another John Scott to get voted in. They don't want... I'm trying to think of a comparable... Yeah, I'm not so sure I want that again either. This was organic. You leave it the way it is. You leave it the way it is. It'll happen again, though. This was an organic, natural thing that happened. I don't want there to be like a forceful push to find the most non-all-star out there and put them in the game you're not going to get this weekend again yep so if you want to avoid that then the nhl have to have a list of five players from every team this may have been a one-off special thing and that's that's why it was you know special if it happens a second time then i think you're gonna you're gonna get that awkwardness about the whole situation and they'll want to do something about it but yeah this time around it was it was awesome I thought so. I tell you what, the Ice Caps are going to be thrilled to get a, a multi-goal All-Star Game score from the NHL and All-Star Game MVP. Can't ask so much more than that, Caps, can you? <laughs> it's just so weird. I mean, he's legitimately an AHL player, if that. I don't think I feel too bad saying that. I don't think that takes away from anything that happened this weekend, but, no. you know, I... I can't pretend like I think he belongs in the NHL. I mean, the trade stuff was kind of bullshit the way that it went down, but 
And how stupid <laughs> Arizona. Like, they didn't even have an all-star representative. They're kind of a team nobody gives a damn about. And now you got the most popular guy at the all-star weekend. They traded him away. I think for me that's the funny part about this is it feels like the NHL did go, nah, screw you. You traded, you made this worse than it needed to be because of the timing of the trade. You know, if you go real conspiracy theory on it, they made them, they did what they did, and the NHL went, nah, you can't take someone. I mean, that may be the, his swan song in the in the NHL. Oh, I've got that feeling. What, that's, what a way, what a way to go out, though. Exactly, it was awesome. I thought so too. And he's a bright. Right, dude, mechanical engineer, if I'm correct, so he'll be fine. Yeah, he might he might not be great with what he does with the stick on the ice, but it's Tell you what though, that he... breakaway goal that he he sniped that thing. So we've had this conversation before with a few guests in regards to players that you see play below the NHL who are absolute guns and then they get up to the NHL and it just doesn't quite work out for them. What is is it? Is it just that everything John Scott can do, he can't. He just cannot do it at an NHL pace. Everything in the NHL, time and space is a premium. Oh, yep. You just don't have it. Even the best in the world don't have it all the time. I mean, yeah, that's sure. just a product of how the league is now. It's a product mm-hmm. of how fit players are and their commitment to playing the systems that are being preached by the coaching staff. So, you know, in three on three, John Scott made a few plays out there today and, and they were decent plays and, but he's not going to have that time and space or in a real NHL game. I mean, I played some men's league stuff just in a tournament here in Rochester, uh, I don't know how many people know the name, but there's an enforcer for the Rochester Americans for a long time, Sean McMorrow, who really is just a fighter for the Amherst and that. But, he, you know, he gets into this, uh, you know, it was a A-level men's league tournament, and, you know, he's halfway good. <laughs> it's yep. just, it's amazing how humbling it could probably be stepping up to that level of hockey when, when you do have some decent skill compared to the general public but just it's such a jump up it's pretty crazy makes sense it's just i'm always curious for that what that actually is like what that step is so to get some perspective in from from you then is kind of handy yeah and even the ahl guys the older amherst that are in the men's leagues around here are really awesome and they weren't regular nhl players so it really puts things into perspective when you can kind of see that on a personal level yeah i get what you mean trying to think what else about all-star oh i I, i've always uh, i like that new it's not new new but the the relay with the different skills Ah, I see. I've I've not seen any of that. Uh, You know, some of them are like whatever, like the skating through the cone thing. I get why they do it, but that one's not interesting to me. In fact, I think Latang bobbled the puck during that one. But the saucer pass over the the mat thing into the, the tiny little puck with goals... 
that always impresses me because man those nets are not wide and to, to saucer it and some of those passes are pretty far I'm always blown away at how, how good the guys are at that event are you are you familiar with what I'm referencing yeah I'll have to go back and actually have a look at it, like get to actually see it I know I know the one you're talking about but yeah like his nets have banged out sick. three in a row which is incredible so yeah i suppose i suppose events like this highlight the, the, the level of talent you need to be elite at this level i suppose it's the one thing that it's it's good at doing um and aside from that it gives people a break the ones that aren't there may want to up that to two million next year and get keep all the all the stars there. I think it would have been pretty incredible to have. Well, Sid didn't make the All Star game anyways. It's, he didn't pull out this time. They they didn't ask him. <laughs> uh, but Sid yeah. Sid and Ovi in that three on three would be remarkable. I suppose I suppose it's one of the things that would be cool about it would be if you could get to see stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like Crosby and and Ovechkin playing together. Um, and just to mix it all up and see them actually going at it t- to win something like you're right, two mils a lot of money, but one mil is a lot of money. So it's not peanuts that they they'd be having a crack for. So it'll be it, next year's incarnation will be interesting to see because it's in LA. Uh, it's the 50 year anniversary of the game. It's the 100 year anniversary of of the NHL. So they've got lots of reasons to. Uh, fuck it up by trying to do something particularly different uh, and hopefully they don't try and do anything too crazy they got to there's got to be uh... I was thinking today uh, about the the breakaway contest with like the props yep. and stuff for LA next year someone's got to get one of those uh, incorporate one of those movie things where they snap it and go cut <laughs> like have have yeah. a player go go down and 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 get really boring and get and get stuffed and be like cut redo and then bring out the actual guy had to do something cool and score yeah being no, in hollywood like... see my mind's already turning for for I, I like that they did such a good job at that event i was like when they first did that event i think the with ovechkin and the the cowboy hat in montreal was it was that I, the first yeah, time they I think did so, it? Yeah. I was like, uh, they're trying too hard. This isn't good. Uh, now I think the players are starting to get a grasp for what it is a little bit more. Not that uh, Ovi wasn't fun that year, but I think I think the the prop stuff is the funniest stuff. And you know, I'm a sucker for all Yager related things. So <laughs> this year was was pretty easy. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm. Um, yeah, I saw that and just went, okay, PK, you win. You win. I want to say Yager's last All Star appearance. I'm leaning that way. If you get no, 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 his last. I'm sorry, his last All Star goal. What am I trying to say here? There was a Yager age stat that was funny. Maybe his first All Star appearance was before five of those guys had even been born. I actually thought it was twelve. Oh, was it? It would surprise me. But that's really yeah. funny. His last All-Star goal was in 2000. 
and Martin Rosinski assisted on it. <laughs> wow. But his last All-Star game was 2004. God, that's... He must have made the All-Star team in 05-06. He was the runner-up for MVP. He must have just bowed out of that one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, 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 he sat at the interview at the end of... Um, last Was it last night? Do you want to play first or second? And he's like, first. And they're like, oh, for the rest, he's like, no, nah, if we lose, I'm going to be right on my plane. <laughs> Sorry, Nashville. <laughs> Uh, he's such a funny dude. He is. He is. That mullet is finally starting to look like it's coming back. Yeah, it's great. It's it's looking about right through the summer for, for Penguins signing. <laughs> <laughs> Yager Watch, July 2016. Keep riding that. Keep riding that. Oh, I, until he officially retires, I'm never going to stop beating that drum. I don't care who gets upset at me. I don't care if the drum falls apart. I'll glue it back together. Go again. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he's going to be 44 in like two weeks. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He just doesn't look... Oh, really, hang on, I was going to say, it doesn't look like he, he's going to slow down. I mean, he has slowed down, but he's just got such a, a handle on everything that he does that that slowing down barely affects him. Slowing down to the... Uh... Points per 60 rate of 2.21 to lead his team. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just... you do. I do wonder if when he was absolutely dominating, if he'd got to do it in an, in an era where it wasn't quite so clutchy and grabby through the tail end of his time in Pittsburgh and then what he was at Washington, just where his numbers would have ended up because he just throttled the league. Yeah, he was putting up insane points in a, in a time when that wasn't happening. And, Correct. you know, his stat, if you want to look at cumulative stats, the three years to the KHL. Also factors in there. Still can't believe that he, he left, he's come back, and it doesn't really look like he's missed a step. Like he's just been amazing. Well, he said that that break to the KHL rekindled his fire. So I guess you could argue. Yeah, yeah I get what you're saying. Mm. Yeah, you missed out on three years of NHL stats, but would he be playing still in the NHL at 44 if not for that break? Uh, it's one of those questions you'll never have really answered, but you can kind of see the logic and. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's. Uh, how controversial do I want to be today? Go on, it's an all-star podcast, and I want to listen to it anyway. Uh, he's a top-five player of all time right now. That's not particularly controversial to Yeah, me, but... but I kind of prefer him to the guy that a lot of people think is number one. I think Tegretzky. I think his game translates a lot better. I think he could do it in any era. I don't know if the other guy could be put... Like the... oh, here we go, I've gone down this controversial road. Gretzky oh, came up at the it. right time, at the happen. right style of play, with the right teammates, and not to take away from what he executed, which was just flat-out ridiculous. You have more assists than anybody has points that, you know, that makes the case for itself. Yeah. But it, I, I do believe there's a, a large bit of a, a perfect storm element to it all. 
if you yeah. know what I mean. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, if you're going to YouTube player highlights, Gretzky's are kind of dull. He reminds me, Gretzky just seemed to rack up the points, right? There wasn't really a lot of highlighty stuff about what he did. There, there was highlighty for the time, but like I, I watched those goalies, and I do honestly believe that. Like I'm not even a goalie. I think I could have done better. So, so you get there with it though, and I look at what Crosby does and, and compare that to Malkin, right? And Malkin's the flashier player of the two. Crosby does a lot of unreal things that sort of do just go by without sort when, of getting When noticed. he's full speed in the neutral zone, reaches his foot back and kicks it to a stick without missing a stride kind of stuff. Yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff that gets just gets ignored, you know what I mean? Because it's it's commonplace for him to be able to do it. And you get there and sort of uh, the comparison you're sort of making with what Jaeger can do and, and, and what, what Gretzky could do, it feels a little bit the same with, with Malkin and and Crosby is that, you know, Crosby will end up being the better statistical player, but the player that probably brings you out of the seat more often is going to be Malkin. And I think Jaeger brings you out of the seat more than what Gretzky does. I think if Jaeger didn't take that time off, he'd be challenging Gretzky's goal records, which I find remarkable considering the goaltending and the defensive structures that... um, you know, yeah. are evident in the game now. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to. to put, yeah. Whoops. Put shade on Wayne like that. I, I love Wayne. Mario is my number one of all time. Just to throw another strong opinion out there, but sorry, Wayne. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw shade on you. Yeah, it's a probably an opinion that everyone's probably aware of with us. It's not even a penguin thing for me. I mean, Jager's freaking ridiculous. He is. He's just good fun to watch. And it, uh, that whole that whole time he spent away from the NHL and when he came back, it really does look like he found his love again for the game at that level, whereas it looked like he'd totally lost it there for a while when he left. I like the evolution that he's gone through, like... Not, I don't think he was ever a bad teammate in Pittsburgh or, or anything like that, but I think he's kind of going out of his way to kind of be that mentor guy. You saw it in Philly with Giroux and Hartnell. Not that they like a guy like Hartnell needs a mentor, but just being a great teammate, elevating others. Uh, did it in Boston, Dallas, New Jersey, Florida. These are just teams from his <laughs> latest comeback. <laughs> Yeah, Pittsburgh no, next I, year. <laughs> but you're exactly right. It wasn't like he was a bad teammate, but he decided to change what sort of teammate he was going to be. That's how it felt to me, anyway. And it's been to the uh, improvement of the the quality of hockey on the ice for the entire league. So he's brought a lot. He's he's brought a lot to the game in so many different aspects that. It will be a shame when he does hang him up. He's probably doing burpees on his plane right now with wrist and ankle weights. Yeah, while I'm wanting to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice to to see him at an All Star game, and and quite frankly, I think I think it 
I think he is the reason you leave the the fan vote in. Uh, I know he doesn't want to necessarily go to these. He made that pretty clear that he wanted to rest and go to the Bahamas. But selfishly, uh, I need him there at that weekend. Well, that's that's the other problem with the whole. Say he doesn't turn up, he then has to miss a game for his team. They've got to change the way they work that rule out as well. What rule? That if you pull out, you you miss the next game. You're suspended for a game. Well, I heard it kind of clarified by Bettman. You don't have to play in the game. you got to come in glad hand. Well, if that's the case, then yeah. He'd just turn up and party, wouldn't he? Yeah, you could, and you wouldn't miss a game. No, so that's the difference there. I still don't really like the rule, but I don't think an exhibition midway through the year should have any bearing impact on actual gameplay. I do I do find it amusing how the reaction to Taves and Ovi was a, yeah, okay, that's fine, boys, I totally get it. But when Sid did it, he got absolutely castrated for it. So perception is a wonderful thing. He's only been to two. I know. And John Scott's got two more All-Star goals than he does. Well, it says all you need to know about John Scott, doesn't it? Yes, it paints the whole picture. <laughs> Um, well, you, we've talked a lot about the, the game and, and the people that played this weekend. And the last thing I'll say about it is I, I thought it was a perfect weekend for the fans. Uh, and I, and I do want to say, I think Nashville's an awesome host city for an event like this. I've always said that watching, uh, the Predators game on, uh, they usually have a game Thanksgiving night and it, and it looks, uh. It always looks awesome, the atmosphere to be at. Like you know how football has their Thanksgiving days. Games. Yes. Well, I think Nashville's the only NHL game during that day, and it, it always looks like a just a great event. And this whole weekend was perfect. They have a perfect nightlife for young twenty-something NHLers to enjoy, and it seems like everybody did. So. <laughs> that. Um, yeah, perfect weekend. So you mentioned. Uh, something that was kind of brushed under the rug and that's Gary Bettman will be commissioner until 2022 I believe right I think so yeah so that's another six years yep six or seven years something like that yeah um yeah I think it's a neutral move obviously there's no change being made but there are some really good things he's done over the course of his tenure as commissioner, and then there's some really not-so-good things. And a uh, very polarizing guy because he's socially inept. Yes, very good point. The John Scott stuff is just the latest thing of being tone-deaf and socially inept. Uh, the leaked emails with Colin Campbell are just absurd, and no doubt the Batman was aware of that kind of thing going on. Uh, the concussion stuff has been absurd, just ignoring, oh, there's no brain injuries and downplaying all that. Uh, on the flip side, though, 
Southern expansion, I think, has been successful for the most part. Not every market's been as successful as another, but you just saw an all-star weekend in Nashville, which is uh, a city that's a product of Gary Bettman. Tampa's pretty good, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. California, I'd, I'd say um, Anaheim and San Jose have done really well. And... You know, Atlanta didn't work, but you you can't really fault for trying. And that's a huge city, not a great sports city, but population's enormous. I think Dallas has been really good. Yeah. So it's, it's grown. The I sport. think he's he's done he's done more good than bad, right? That's probably the way I'd want to look at it. My my question is, I mean, the lockouts and stuff is it's ridiculous, but the, the yeah. But that's that's the thing that everyone wants to sort of blame it on one person, but it's it's not just Batman, it's the owners as well, and then it's also the head of the NHLPA and then the players behind that as well. So you can sit there and point fingers at one side or the other, but they're both as involved of, of, in those lockouts as, as the other side. But my question is, in the ever-changing world of analytics and of social media, does he have the forward thinking to move this sport forward in that new world? And I don't know if he does. I can fully understand why the owners got there and he said, oh, I want another seven years, and they just went tick. As far as they're concerned, he's doing a good job. I can fully appreciate that. But I just don't know if this league is going to transition into the new era of how sports are delivered and how fans consume their sport and the information about that sport. Yeah. And the fans lose in the um, lockouts, obviously. Of course. But the owners and players make off just fine. I know the players like to complain about it, but they make more money as a result of them too. It's not just the owners. Yep. Sucks, totally agree. Sucks for the fans, but um, it does. Gary Bettman has put in that position to make the owners more money, and he's all sports leagues are making more money now. So I don't want to give him too much credit, but he's increased revenue. He's grown the sport geographically. Um, I suppose if you're a USA hockey fan, you should kind of be happy with what he's done there. You start to look at World Junior rosters for the united states and you're starting to see florida texas arizona more californias uh, places that you just wouldn't normally look to see high-end talent and it's happening and whether you like it or not that's a product of that southern expansion that batman is mostly responsible for it's good I still, I still get concerned with the delivery of, of things that will move this sport forward, but they've hitched their boat to him now, so it's not going to change. No, you're right. Um, as far as delivering the sport in a new way, I, I, I suppose they're launching a, a new uh, streaming service tomorrow, NHL.TV. Kind of like MLB TV. Yep. So Game Center's done. Which uh, There's a whole website upgrade and all that sort of stuff as well. So, look, I remember Travis Yost absolutely ripping them to shreds in regards to the delivery of their 
advanced stats. And with War on Ice going down in a few months... Oh, I guess we'll um, talk about that too. Fuck. Yeah, with, with War on Ice going down in, in a few months, um, you get there with it and it's like, for people like you and me, if we have to go there for the the numerics more so than the visualizations, which you can get from you can get from um, Mr. Ineffective Math and there's a heap of other places you can go. But if if the go to resource which the NHL want their website to be can't be trusted that its data's accurate, it's just like oh because they like Batman even got there and said, Oh no one wants to know about the cap world, what's going on there. They could integrate all of that into their site and it would just work really, really well. But it seems as though he is ignorant to it or chooses to keep his mouth shut because he can't do anything about adding it in. I just, I don't know which one it is. Yeah, their stats are garbage. I don't think you'll have to uh, rely on that. Hockey analysis, David Johnson's site's always been good to me as far as finding information I need. I wish that site had score adjusted score adjusted measurements and i also wish you could uh break the stats down by a date a date range as well as by year by year if if his site did that i'd be pretty good yeah yeah uh hockeystats.ca natural stat trick uh i don't want to leave any of them out own the puck dominic galaminis but his isn't his is more like Micah's visualizations with the yeah. hero and warrior charts it's and just, stuff you like just that. Want, you want to have that ability to grab the numbers yourself and put them into your own grasp to, to, to have a look and see if what you're trying to find out is happening or if it's not. Or if you see something happening, you want to see if the numbers are giving a benefit to a team or it's a negative to a team. So it's things like that that, that you want to still have that flexibility with data and hopefully it'll still be out there. Yeah, Warren Ice, that's, that's, that's shitty. That site has been uh, my go-to since it, since it launched. Uh, AC Thomas why and Sam Ventura this, did a wonderful job. Ha- why? Yeah. Just too much to... Um, that's what I thought, yeah. To, to handle, I guess. Um, I don't think it's a monetary thing. I just think it's a time how much time it takes yeah. it's it's very yeah sure uh, especially when it's not something that like you started so it's like some somebody else's creation that you're trying to keep going and it's probably tough to be intrinsically motivated if it's not your own yep no, no that's fine it's just one of those things where it's like oh damn it like it doesn't really help any of us <laughs> but it's the unfortunate reality Nah, Extra Skater was great. Cap Geek, obviously great. Uh, War on Ice. I mean, they did everything. Yeah. And really took requests and, and implemented them, and the site consistently got better and better. Uh, but yeah, that's that's that might go down as one of the, the the most disappointing things of the of this hockey season. Yep, very good chance that's the case. But. You know, when Extra Skater went down, everybody thought that who's going to pick up the mantle. And Warren Ice was born in that kind of uncertainty, so who knows what will happen moving forward. Uh, 
hopefully something just as good, if not better, comes out. It'll be tough to top. But, uh, you know, I guess thank you for having that site to all that, yeah. that were involved doing it. So We obviously didn't thank them enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they got hired. That was the yeah. problem. Sam Pittsburgh, uh, AC Thomas, uh, or Andrew Thomas for Minnesota. Problem when you're good at what you do. Yeah, yeah, your public domain goes goes bye bye. <laughs> right, let's try and think of something else to talk about that's a little less depressing. Okay, lay it on me. <laughs> we had we had some questions from from some fans and stuff, and it's like a lot of them are to do with end of year topics more so than anything else and it, it sort of makes it tough but one of the questions was best contract worst contract which is sort of you can do that sort of anytime what's the best value contract out there and what's the worst value contract out there uh, so, we, so mean, do with that what you will yeah well well we can answer that now it's a good question who who asked that to give credit Oh, geez, now you're asking me to get on my phone. Hang on a nah, second. Nah, I got it. I'll find it. Um, Alex Brimage, underscore EFC, best and worst contracts in the league. See, that's why, there it is. That's why I like them. It's like a nice little bookmark. Um, <laughs> you know, this question was asked four hours ago. Probably should have thought about it more. <laughs> worst contract. I guess, uh, is it the parameter have to be that the player is playing in the NHL? Oh, it's Dan Girardi. I think I would agree with you there, although Andy McDonald. And Jared Cowan might be the... Notice how they're all defenders who can't do anything with the puck? Jared Cowan's not in that. He's not quite as bad. But you get what I'm saying, though. Like the the he's you, not you a good could player, roll, but the, the you other can guy. roll out the Rob Skidet. You, you think about when you go. This is a terrible contract, sort of a thing. Like you've got David Clarkson, you've got Boland. Dan Girardi, Boland, Boland. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where it usually comes down to they're just way too overpaid. It, it's like do you class Dan Girardi as a terrible defenseman? Yes. All right, so it's not just the fact that he's getting overpaid; it's the fact that he still can't do the role, even if he was a number six defenseman. It's beginning to look that way. Okay, because I think I think that's the problem that poor old Rob Scuderi got in Pittsburgh was that he was getting paid to be a number three, and he was performing like a number six, dropping to a number seven, and so the disparity between how much he was worth and what he was producing just wasn't, you know, it's just inconceivable and. That's what it feels like to me with, with Girardi. He got – everyone could see that he was going to get paid. Those that followed the the underlying numbers could see that he was never going to be worth that much, and that's just – that gap between what he's getting paid and what he produces is just getting larger and larger and larger every year. Just to put into context, Girardi on his hero chart, his overall possession is on the low end of below bottom pairing. So he's all the way left. Yeah. 
that's like and that that's getting paid among what, five the and a half mil five and a half mil a year. Yeah, and it's not only um, the money; it's for another four years after this year. Yeah. So he makes more than McDonough. I think Andrew McDonald deserves mention yep. here. He's, I mean, he's in the AHL. They're eating money. Uh, to have him not on their roster. He's got four more years of five mil. Yeah. Uh, who else is there? I think Ryan Kessler, his deal hasn't even started yet. We talked about that in the summer. He's going to make 6.875 mil for one, two, three, four, five, six more years. So, where do you end up with Steven Stamkos? Because it has the potential to be a great deal or a terrible deal. Like, that's how final line it is with Stamkos, because since he broke his leg, he's not been the same explosive player that he was. He's pushing, age-wise, he's pushing outside of his points-producing He's still going to be a good player, though. He is, but is he a good 10 million good? It won't be the worst contract in the league. No, I wasn't saying that, but it, it th- that's this is like I, I was really on the side of my God, I can't believe Eisman hasn't gone ahead and got this done and, and just given him what he wants and moved on, right? But the longer the years going on, the more and more I've sort of thought about it, and it is a little bit like I get why they're a little gun shy signing him on because he's twenty five, he'll be twenty six, I think. So if he does an eight-year deal, he'll be 34 at the end of that deal. It'll have no movement clauses all the way through it. So they won't be able to just move him if they want to at some stage. So I didn't think they would, but there's a very good chance they'll keep him and just let him walk and take the cap space at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I, I could totally see that happening now, whereas a month ago I'd have just thought that was stupid. Um, trying to to go through, just looking through some rosters. I think I think that pretty much covers a lot of the the bad. I, f- I know who I think's the best value contract. Who's yours? And best value might. Uh, I kind of almost want to leave out like cheap ELC guys. So that's exactly where I was about to go. Yeah, but that's that. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's that's gonna that's gonna happen. I mean, yeah. I could tell you right now if you're, we're talking uh, ELC guys that. Uh, oh, he's not on one anymore. Never mind. I was gonna say Tarasenko. Um, well, I was gonna say Terry Pennerin, but. Um. No, that that's a UFA. To an extent. Uh, okay. That that contract is going to hurt him though, because he's going to hit all of his performance bonuses. It's he's a weird case. Let me look this up quick. Yeah, he'll be an RFA, but like he wasn't drafted by anybody, so it's almost like a UFA. I think that's fair to say him. I think that's it's, a great choice. Um, I was so much out of him for even if he does get all of his bonuses, it doesn't hurt them this year; it hurts them next year. So on this particular cap run, he's so cheap. I was going to say Tyler Sagan. Oh, you know what? 
That's a good one because he is way under what he's worth. 5.75 for three more years after this year. Uh, I think, yeah, it's not like an ELC cheap, but, you know, he's a $10 million player if you're comparing him to other people in the league right now. Yep. Um, another best contract for me would be Max Pacioretty. Makes $4.5 million and just fills the net every year 30 times or more. And, and that's and the team that struggles too. to keep the puck. He does a good job of keeping the puck as well. I think I'd be foolish to not mention John Tavares and his $5.5 million. They're, they're an interesting case, that Islanders team. I always think they're just about to sort of flick a switch and do something big, and it something sort of seems to go wrong. They're okay. Tavares is, is good value. Um, yeah, obviously, he's, his value is pretty tremendous. Bergeron's mm-hmm. probably good value, too, at 6.8. Any others? Not off the top of my head. It's a good question. Yeah, and we'll, we, that'll that'll be one we can always go back to and reevaluate. Well, it wouldn't be too bad to go back and reevaluate after you know when you sort of hit just before the World Cup of hockey, I suppose, because everyone will have signed by then, and you can sort of have a look and see whether the new ones that are, that are signed look like they're going to be good value or bad value and. Well, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that'll be a good question to, to hunt down later on. i got to throw the course he got out there. Justin Williams only makes $3.2 million. He's having another good year. That's just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, what a great signing. Did you did you have any other questions? I, that's really the only one. Um, no, I don't. There's there's a few Penguins-specific ones, but they're, they're just things... Uh, in regards to specific lines or players ahead of other players, and we're not doing anything specific with Pittsburgh today, so we might cover that off later, but, yeah, not today. So that might do it. I think so. Very quick one today. Yeah. Well, there was only a few events going on. No, not a lot of games, just the skills and uh, the All-Star game, so... Uh, just to reiterate, perfect weekend for the NHL, even though they kind of were doing everything in their power to not have it work out that way. <laughs> but, it, you know, and results matter, and accident or not, I was a very entertained fan this weekend. I'm sure many of the people out there, uh, including those of you listening, felt the same way. And even my co-host here, who only saw bits and pieces, I'm sure you were entertained as well. Yeah, de- definitely, and that's what that what we watch this sport to be entertained, and people might have different variations of what entertaining and entertainment is. But if you can get a laugh, or you can get some excitement, or and get both, then why the hell not? So uh, we'll leave you with uh, some favors. Please rate the podcast on iTunes, and if you so choose, you can go to hockeyhurts.com and donate to the podcast as well. Uh, and that'll do it. So until next time, I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm 